And the young lady that sings this song, um, there was a circumstance, and um, we we wanted this song came up, and I said, "Man, what a what a powerful song!" And Kyle actually contacted the person that's in charge of this lady and actually talked to the lady that sings this song. And she said that she would come to our church and sing for just this this one situation. It just didn't it just didn't work out. Not on her end. It just didn't work out on her end. Um, but she'd come and sing this song for this person that was that was that was sick. And I thought, you know, wow. I mean that that's that's powerful. And um, it's not just music for her. It's a message. And um, that really impressed me uh, with that young lady that that does that song. I don't I don't really know a whole bunch about her, and um, don't know a whole bunch of, about any other than the music she sings. But that's such a powerful song, and um, appreciate Lily doing that this morning. Ephesians chapter four uh, this morning. Ephesians chapter number four. Putting away the old man. Putting away the old man is. Um, what I want to talk about for um, the next several uh, services. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's begin reading in verse number 17. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. All saying, don't walk this way. Don't be like them. Verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. Don't be like that. That's not how you've been taught. Okay, that's what he's saying in regular vocabulary here. He's saying, listen... Ye have not so learned to walk that way. Don't don't walk in wickedness. Don't walk in vanity. Don't walk in ignorance. You know, a lot of people are walking the way they walk because they're ignorant. That's not a bad word. I don't understand why we think ignorance about ignorant just means without knowledge. People are walking the way they walk because they don't know any different. That's why you have to be very, very careful. That's why when you look at somebody, you can't just come to your own conclusions without even knowing that person. You've got to be careful with your judgments. Why? Because that person may just not know. Maybe somebody has never told them. Maybe somebody has never showed them. Maybe they grew up in a home that never went to church. Grew up in a home that never talked about God. 
grew up in a home that was very worldly and very ungodly and had a, a world view. Be careful how you jump to conclusions when it comes to people because they may be walking in ignorance. Now, I say that because some people are walking in ignorance, but some people are not. Some people are walking the way they want to, even though they've been taught right. Even though that they've been raised right. Even though that they've been shown the proper way. They're still walking in lasciviousness, wickedness, greediness, ungodliness. And they're walking not with God, but they're walking away from God. You have not so learned to walk that way. That's what Paul tells them. Why are you walking in that way? Don't walk in that way. You have been taught better. Look, verse 21. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Do you remember how many times we talked about conversation, that word conversation? When I have a conversation with you, we talk together, right? Because that's, when we think of conversation, we think of, we think of talking back and forth uh, is conversation. But here, in, in multiple passages of Scripture, when the, word talks, when the Bible talks about conversation, it's talking about a lifestyle. You see, the Bible says that a wife can win her husband, her lost husband, by her conversation. That doesn't mean her continuous talking. It means her lifestyle. The way she lives her life, the way she acts, the way she reacts in front of her husband. She can win him over uh, on how he uh, lives his life or how she lives her life. And we often, you've heard me say it before, an old preacher of yesteryear used to say this, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Are words important? Of course they are. I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about our words, right? And we need to use the right words. Matter of fact, the Bible says that you ought to put a watch upon your mouth. It would do us all really, really good if we'd watch what we say. Too many people, too many people speak from the heart instead of from the head. We get mad and boom, say the first thing that comes to our mind. I mean, we get in a conversation with somebody and says, somebody says something and boom. I mean, we strike back before we ever think. And the Bible says to put a watch upon your mouth. Just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it. That's wisdom, folks. Well, I just, I'm just telling you, I, I, I just... I just speak my mind. I just say everything. You know how the Bible says that's foolish to speak all your mind. Some things should be held back. Sometimes it's not the right moment. Sometimes they're not the right words. Have you ever done this? Have you ever gone to say something? You stopped. You waited. And you thought later, yeah, I probably don't need to say it that way. Or maybe I don't need to say that at all. Or maybe you said, now is a better time to say it than it, and you were glad you did. Anybody ever do that? 
How about this one? Anybody ever spoke and wish they hadn't? Yeah, a few more of us, huh? I mean, you just... I mean, some people have, some people, some people's talking is like throwing up. I mean, they just, everything that's in them, just all over the place. And you're thinking to yourself, what? Why did you say that? Why did you say it like that? Why did you? So, you know what God says? Be careful. Use wisdom, a word fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. So be careful of your words. I'm not telling you this morning that your words aren't important because your words are important. But if you're only about words and your life isn't backing it up, your words will fall flat. Just flat. You say that you believe something, but if your life is not backing it up, let me put it this way. If you say you believe something and your social media says you believe something else, it's contradictory. Matter of fact, the Bible has a word for it. It's called hypocrisy. You tell your kids one thing and then you live a different way, you're a hypocrite. You live one way at church and then you go to work and you live another way and you live, you go to home and you live another way and boy, that's just all you are is a hypocrite. So we got to be careful of how we live our lives. And that's what uh, Paul here is speaking uh, to the church at Ephesus and he's telling them, you've not learned to live that way. You need to learn to live in Christ. Verse 22, that she put off concerning the former conversation, that lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Your nature, by nature, is corrupt. Yeah, I, I'd say that I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but I'm not sorry. Because I'm not the one that said it. God's the one that said it. God said that, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God... God said there is none righteous, no, not one. We're all corrupt. And, and we're all deceitful. And left to ourselves. You know what the Bible says about children? If they're left to themselves, they'll bring their mother to shame. Left to ourselves, we'll run amok. You ever said that about somebody? Boy, I'll tell you something right now. I, I, all she does is run amok. I mean, doing her own thing and, and, and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And I tell you, if you're not careful, you can't. This idea that you can do whatever you want to do. I'll give you an example. A funny one. So Kyle gets some mail. He opens it. Half the time I open his mail because we have the same name. Unless it says Kyle on it, I generally open it. Well, this one said Joseph Kyle Springer. I said, uh-oh. In the corner, it said federal. And I said, two uh-ohs. And I'm thinking to myself, if that boy has done something, I don't know why I went there. I was just why I went there right off the bat. And, uh, you, know, there's, you know, he's going to jail or something. I'm not going to be happy. So I didn't open it. And I waited until he got home, and I made him open it. They opened it, well, he got summoned for federal jury duty. Federal in Savannah. First thing on there, first thing Kyle says, first thing, I'm not even living in Savannah. First thing it says, it doesn't matter if you live in Savannah. I loved it. I said, guess what, bud? 
You're going to have to go. He said, let me tell you something. I just won't go. Huh? I said, yeah, that's a good idea. It happens to be, by the way, we've already had to, because all that Wendy went through, we had to move our vacations. Our vacation's coming up at the end of August. Guess when the jury duty is? He is beside himself. And I'm just not going to, and I'm just, I said, guess what? Here, look at page two. See this that's in red? That says if you don't show up, you can be imprisoned? Oh, go to jail. Well, great, great. Go to jail. You got to know Kyle. Got to get him calmed down a little bit. So we filled all of the paperwork that you needed to fill to be excused and all that kind of stuff. And I'm certain that he'll be excused. But I can tell you something. If you think you can do whatever you want to do, you're wrong. There are restrictions in life. There are things that you have to follow, and if you don't follow, you have, to, you have to live the consequences for not following that. Do you know you can get all these bills, all that you want to, and never make a payment on them, but you have to live with the consequences? You can do all these things. I'm telling you, you can do all these things, but I'm, you're going to live. You don't have the freedom to do what you want to do. And this idea, as a Christian, that we have liberty... The Bible says don't use that liberty for the occasion of the flesh. We're to use that liberty to serve the Lord. By putting off concerning uh, the old man, putting off those things, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. you got to get your thinking right. Let me tell you what people, let me tell you what the devil will do. The devil will play tricks on you. He really will. He'll, he'll start convincing you that you deserve better, and he'll start convincing you that you need this, and he'll start convincing you that... Let me tell you what, let me tell you what the devil is. He's a good salesman. He really is. He'll talk you into things that you have no business having. He'll talk you into doing things that you have no business doing. And let me tell you what else the devil will do. He'll bring people along that he'll use to talk you into listen you don't you don't need to be listening to, you don't need to be listening to your parents you don't need to be listening to your boss he's a jerk anyways i mean look how, look what he does and look at, and, blah, 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 blah. and and let me tell you something there's always support the devil will always brings support people that'll back you and say yeah you know what? He really is a jerk. And then the group gets a little bit bigger. Then pretty soon, I mean, I mean, pretty soon this it happens in churches all the time. By the way, that's why church splits happen all the time. So, can I can I can I help you with something? If somebody comes to you about somebody else, you want to solve the problem really quick. Let me tell you how to solve the problem really quick. If somebody comes to me, Miss Joyce comes to me and says, "Let me tell you something about guy." I mean, he is not, and I say this, hey, Miss Joyce, let's go talk to Guy together. That's usually what happens. Well, I don't think that's necessary. Well, then I don't think it's necessary for you to talk to me about him. Right? Because the person's not, you know what happens? This is often what happens in churches. And I say to, I say to Joyce, yeah, boy, Guy, I can tell you, let me tell you a few stories about Guy. 
Hey, hey, Becky, did you hear about? Is it not? And the daddy goes, were you talking about God? I tell you something about God. I don't know if I'm, I'm just, I'm picking on God because I can't. But, and then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And then they have a story about him, and then they have a story about him, and then they, and then and now all these people don't like God. Guys go, and guys over here going, what in the world's going on? What's just happened? And then people start picking sides, and then churches split. You know why? Because we're living in the flesh. That's why we're living in the flesh. It for some reason it makes us feel better to talk about somebody else. Makes us feel like I don't have as many faults as he does. I don't have as many faults as she does. So instead of allowing God and others to edify you, you're trying to edify yourself by tearing down somebody else. Put off those things. Don't have a part in them. You'll have people stop coming to you if you stop listening to their garbage. I'm just telling you. Some people are by nature negative. Can I tell you? Let me, let me give you a little confession. By nature, I'm negative. I'm a ne- by nature, Wendy's positive. By nature, I'm negative. I'm glad God didn't give me a by nature negative person and a negative person. It would have been a mess. And, and so, so I, often, I often look at the glass half empty. I mean, I, I really do. And it's something I have to work on on a daily basis. By the way, you should know your weakness. You should know where you're not up to par so you can work on it every day. Every day. And God knows what your weakness is, and He'll help you with that weakness. But often, people are just so negative. Everything's... If you come to the service, if you come to Rican Baptist Temple with the attitude that you're going to find something wrong, you'll find it every single time. I promise you, every time. Matter of fact, if you're looking, just come on, sit down with me. I'll point them out to you. You know why there's negative in the church? Because you're here. Because I'm here. We're people. And we're flawed. I mean, we have, we have faults. And if you're always looking for faults, you'll always find it. When's the last time you came to church? And you came through those doors. And just before you came through those doors, you prayed, God, give me something that I can feed on this week. Show me something biblical and positive this week. Instead, we are, we are I mean, it's like we were, we, were, we were sent to find every flaw and every fault there is in every sermon, in every service, in every bulletin, in every whatever. And we're sitting there and we point out all these problems. I gave this illustration in Sunday school. We go on vacation. We go on vacation. We go to church. We go on vacation. And so we, we, were, we visit different churches. And if we're not in an area where we know a church, we just pick a church and go to it. I have a problem. Okay? I know that's the first step of getting help, okay? So I know I have the problem. But I'll go in, and I'll have this mentality. I'm going to pick out everything that preacher says that's wrong. I know it's coming. I know it. 
And I mean, I, and I'll sit there and I'll take notes. I've done it before. And I'll take notes and I'll think, that's a wrong interpretation. What in the world did he say that for? He's, he's used four different versions. I mean, he's just done this. He's done. I mean, I'll write down all these things in one time. Only like, only like Wendy can do. One time we left the church and I, and I had a, I'm talking about a thing of notes. And it was all negative. And this guy did this. And this guy said that. Boy, this was wrong. And, and Wendy listened the entire time. And then, and then when I was done, she said, wow, I got something completely different. And she started talking about all the positive things. I, Shut up, woman. No, I didn't. Uh, it was very convicting. Because she got all these things. You know what I did? I missed every one of those things because I was determined to focus on the negative. Put it away, folks. You've got to do it. Your flesh is going to be negative. Your flesh is going to be deceitful. Your flesh is going to want to be lustful and envious and jealous and all these bad traits. That's what your flesh is going to want to do. And you've got to determine that you're going to put away those things. Put them away. You remember uh, uh, the Bible says in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God has made us new creatures. But you know what we often do as new creatures? We often act like the old man. We often talk like the old man. We often react like the old man. You see, when you get saved and you trust Christ as your Savior, I hope that you're here this morning. I hope you've, I hope you've done that. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried and rose again the third day so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. And God will save you if you place your faith and trust in Him. And I hope this morning that you're saved. And if you're not, I beseech you this morning, get it settled before it's too late. But if you're saved and you know Christ is your Savior, your flesh wants to battle against the Spirit. You ever had that battle? Now I know some of you are perfect and you never mess up and you never sin. You never have a bad thought. God bless you. I'd love to pick your brain someday, okay? But for the rest of us that live in the real world, it's a battle. After I got saved... Listen to me. I was on the USS Jack Williams. I got up. I prayed a simple, very simple prayer. And God saved me. And I got up, and man, I'm telling you, the burden was gone. I mean, every person I ran into, I wanted to talk about Jesus. And I thought to myself, self, you're never going to have another problem. I mean, honestly, I'm, as a newborn babe in Christ, I was, I was 21, but I was still a newborn babe in Christ. I thought to myself, I'm not going to have any other problems. Every other Christian is going to be so excited for me. Every other Christian is going to be an encouragement to me. Every other Christian is going to pray for me. Well, it didn't take long to figure out that's not the case. Should it be the case? Yeah, but it's not. There's many people 
There's many people that call themselves Christians that refuse to put away the old man. And they're Christians. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that you're not born again. But I'm telling you, you've got to, on purpose, on a daily basis, wake up. Listen, wake up on the right side of the bed. Make that decision. Make that decision that this day, today. Now, this is what we do. This is what we often do. Well, God bless this week. No, 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 no. You better be praying God bless this hour. God bless this minute. Because we never know what we're going to face. We never know who we're going to talk to. Do you know how discouraged I used to get when I was a young preacher? Oh my. Things have changed through the years. But as a young preacher, I can tell you, for many a Mondays, I wrote my resignation to the church. Many a Mondays. I went into pastoring really feeling like, my goodness, every church member, every person that comes to my church is going to lift me up, is going to encourage me. Even if I preach a bomb, they're going to say, Preacher, we love you and we appreciate you. Boy, that just isn't the case. I'm telling you, people can be discouraging. People can be ugly. People can say the darndest things. I think to myself, have you ever thought to yourself this way? Somebody says something to you and you thought to yourself, did you even think before you said that? Did you wake up expecting to say that today? And you know what the problem is? Our problem, and I'm talking about all of us, including me is that we have got to, on purpose, put away that old man. You know why we have relationship problems? Because we're prideful and we refuse to put away the old man. My daughter, Anna, is up at uh, 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 North Carolina at a camp. She had a decision she had to make. She made some, um, she made some choices during summer. And um, the leader there at the Rise Leadership came down on her pretty hard. Matter of fact, came down on her hard enough for me to want to take a trip to North Carolina. If you're a daddy, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, um, uh, time out. No, 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 no. That's not how this is going to work. Of course, she's 23 years old, but she's always going to be my child. And so um, Anna, with the help of her mother, really worked all this stuff out. She humbled herself, got it right with the leader. The leader got it right with her without any intervention. God, Lord, I don't have, have to shoot the guy. I mean, I just, I was very upset with this man. But man, she just put, you know what she said? I got to i got to put away that old man, Dad. i got, I got, to, get, I got to get rid of pride. And, and he's right. I say, you know, I'm, I'm, that, I'm the one that was being used in the wrong way. Because I'm like, I don't care if he's right. If he ever, you know. And so that was me. But she got it all. And she did it all by her. You know, you know why? Because she put away the old man. you got to put it away in your relationships. you got to put it away at work. If you don't, it will Eat you alive. 
Because the old man is never satisfied. He wants more. He wants to lust more. He wants to be angry more. You ever met an angry person? They're angry all the time. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, you have to walk on eggshells around them. I hate having to walk around eggshell, walk around eggshells. I'm just kind of the matter of fact guy. And, and if I say something that, that, that makes you mad, don't, don't shoot the messenger. If it's from the Bible, it, it, it's God that said it. Otherwise, if I said it, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be mean-spirited. And I, that's, not, that's not my intentions. But I like to be matter-of-fact, and I can't stand walking around eggshells. And I've got to, to be careful what I say to you. I've got to be careful of what I... Listen, put away that old man and, and, and put, on the, put, on, put on the new man. He's given us a new song, the Scripture says. What do we need to put away? What, on purpose, what do we need to determine to put away in our lives? If we're going don't, don't to... You, don't you want to be who God wants you to be? Do you know, one day, as a, as a Christian, well, as, a, as a lost person as well, but as a Christian, you're going to stand before God one day. And when you stand before God one day, don't you want, to, don't you want God to be proud of you? Don't you want to hear, you know those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We get the warm and fuzzies when we hear that. God, well done. Look, can I tell you not everybody's going to hear that? This idea that everybody's going to hear that is, is, is not biblical. We're not going to be all awarded and rewarded in the same way. We're going to be rewarded according to our works, the Scripture says. So the judgment seat of Christ is all about. And so we've got to get this understanding that the, this, this old man that's trying to take away our purpose. Why does God, why does God have you here? I'm talking about on earth. What is, what, is, what is your spiritual gift? What is it that God wants you to do? What is it that God desires for you to do in your life? And when you stand before God one day and give an answer, what kind of answer are we going to give? Can I tell you this much? It's going to be an answer without excuse. Nobody is going to say, well, God, you know, if you gave me a better spouse, if my parents were, you know, a little bit, if I just had a better church, it's the stinking pastor thou hast given me. You're not going to have any excuses when you stand before God. Do you know why? Because you answer for yourself. You answer for your own speech. You answer for your own actions. And one day, when we stand before Him, it would be good if we had put off the old man and put off some of these things that we find in our lives. Look back with me in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 1, the scripture says this, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto... 
Ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. Paul tells the church at Corinth here, he says, listen, I got some things I want to tell you, but I can't tell them to you. Why? Because you're not spiritual enough. You're not living in the Word. You're not living in the new man. You're not living in the way you should be. You're living still in the old man. You're still carnal. You're still worldly. We're so concerned about the things of this world. They consume us. Let me tell you what we need to be worrying about. We need to be worrying about the next world. This world's only for a little while. This world's only for a short time. This world is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. It's gone. What we should be concerned about is eternity. We must put away. We must put away our infancy. It's time. It's high time that we grow up. We grow up as a church. We grow up as Christians. We grow up as husbands and wives. That we grow up as mothers and fathers. Grandparents. That we grow up in the faith. We need to put away our infancy. Do you know what our problem is? We've been saved for years and years and years and we're still drinking milk. That's all we do. That's all we have is milk. Just give me the easy stuff. Preacher, just give me what makes me feel good. Uh, that message, I, uh, you, I don't know if you ever heard of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Preacher of yesteryear. Got some massive amount of, of uh, books. He preached a series. You think I preached a long time in a series. He preached a series on Ephesians for six years. Every Sunday. You think that's not? Uh-huh. He preached Romans 12. 12 years it took him to preach. He's got, he's got a 14-volume set in the book of Romans. 10-volume set in the book of Ephesians. You know, we're living in a day-to-day. Do you know, you know a preacher used to preach? And he'd preach for hours. I mean Hours. We can't take it today. We just, oh, there's a few that can, but mostly we can't take it today. ADHD, and we're, we're, we're so, you know, do you know why, you know why the regular television has so many commercials? Because, because this, is, this, this is us. We're watching something, and squirrel, squirrel. I mean, we're so sidetracked by everything. They have to break things up so that we can, so that we can take it, so that we can hear it. You know, you used to be able to get up and preach, and you preach the Word of God, and you preach the unadulterated Word of God, and nobody was offended. Now you're almost guaranteed for somebody to be offended every time you preach. They're offended about something. They're offended about what you said. They're offended about what you, how you look. They're offended by somebody else. We're always offended. Always offended by something. You know why? Because we're infants. We're newborn babes in Christ. And there's a place for that, right? There are people that have just been saved, that they're newborn babes in Christ. We get it. But if you've been saved 20 years, 
and you're still only drinking milk, there's a problem. We need to put away our infancy and grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Are you saved? Do you know Christ is your Savior? Maybe there's never been a time where by faith you receive Christ into your heart and your life. I want you to know this morning that God loves you. He loves you sacrificially. He paid your sin debt upon the cross. He paid it so that you could live with Him for eternity. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? You say, I'm not sure about it. I want to be. I need to be. I'm just not sure. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. It's between you and God, and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. Here's my hand, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. I'm not sure I'm saved. Just slip your hand up and right back down, and I'll pray for you. Maybe you're saved, and you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you did it recently. Maybe you've been saved a really long time. Just struggle with that old man. Sometimes he just beats us up. Sometimes he just takes us down. It's a constant battle, folks. It's the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another, the Bible says. Don't let the flesh win. Feed the flesh and he'll want more. Put him away. Put away your infancy. Grow up in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop being offended over every little thing. Stop using your mouth as a weapon to destroy people, to hurt people, to discourage people. And decide. Choose. You know what Joshua did? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. That's for me and my house. I can't do nothing about your house. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to put off that old man. We're going to put on the new man. We're going to, we're going to d- decide to, to, to crucify the flesh. You know, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's Christ that makes the difference. It's the Spirit of God that lives inside of you that makes the difference. Choose, decide today to make a difference. Choose, decide today to grow up in your faith. It's got to be more than just Sunday morning. It's got to be more than just Sunday school. I mean, it's got to be on a day-by-day basis. Learn what God has for you in your life so that you can make a difference. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a invitation. Have you put away the old man? Yeah, I, I did that when I got saved. Well, let me tell you something. If you haven't done it today, you need to make the decision.
the day to walk in what God has, has, has done for you. That, that walking in newness of life, that sanctification, that growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's for all of us. Before you open your mouth, put a watch. Before you make that next step, let the Word of God guide your steps in everything we say and do. If you need to come as the instruments play, this morning you come. Another verse, if you need to come, don't wait, don't don't put it off, don't hesitate. Pray that prayer, have your way, oh God, have your way in my life. You You know what most of our problems are? We're so worried about everybody else, and we forget about ourselves. God, do a work in my heart, God, do a work in my life. Yeah, so and so needs to grow, and so and so needs to do this, but Lord, what a what would you have me to do? It's Paul's prayer after he got saved. Lord, what would you have me to do? I hope you prayed that prayer in your own life. If you need to come, there's time this morning you come. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Uh, Sunday school or Sunday uh, prayer, 6 o'clock. Sunday evening service, 6.30. So make sure that you're back in your place for that. And then um, next Sunday night, next Sunday night, we will be having scripture assembly. So bring a finger food with you and uh, we'll meet together, assemble some scriptures and then um, eat, (coughs) eat together. So in that order, by the way, we'll assemble some scriptures and then we'll eat, okay? So, um, but we're excited about that and looking forward to that. That's next Sunday, along with Change Sunday. Next Sunday, Sunday morning, is going to be the change for the missionary kids, so uh, be reminded of that as well. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank this time together. Dismiss us with your blessing. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.